Welcome to this edition of the Disciples Men podcast with your host Greg Alexander and Alex Ruth. Thank you for joining us as we explore the many challenges of being man of faith in these challenging times. Disciples Men is a ministry of Disciples Home Missions of the Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in the U.S. and Canada. Let's listen in today's conversation. Welcome to another edition of the Disciples Men podcast. Alex Ruth with you, your Associate Director of Disciples Men. And today we're joined by Greg Alexander, who is the Director of Disciples Men, and then a member of our General Conference of Disciples Men Executive Committee, uh, which is KJ Kim. So KJ, welcome to our podcast this afternoon. Thank you for having me. I mean, Alex, it's my privilege and honor to be here this this afternoon. Well, KJ, as we get started, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey? Uh, Anybody who's listened to podcasts has heard Greg and I talk about ourselves and our history. Uh, But tell uh, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you serve, and how you got there. Sure. My name is KJ Kim. I'm a pastor of First Christian Church of Stephenville. And I was born and raised and educated in South Korea. And I was ordained and served the Korean Christian Church in Seoul for nearly 10 years, which is a shared the tradition, I mean, history tradition with a disciple, which is the Stone Campbell movement. So I know and learn many Christian churches in Korea use some slogans to describe their identity, such as return to the Bible, where the Bible speaks, we speak. Where the Bible is silent, we are silent. In essentials, unity, in non-essential liberty, in all things, charity. Right. However, unfortunately, I, what I witnessed from my personal experiences was that where the Bible speaks, they are silent. Where the Bible was silent, they speak. Return to the Bible for excluding others or judging others. Mm-hmm. So in denomination unity, maybe, and making a new denomination liberty in all things politics. That's what I witnessed. Oh, wow. So in 2016, my wife and I have decided to leave my embedded tradition and started a new journey with my wife and one-year-old boy, my son, Joel. At the time, I had never studied abroad, meaning that I had never been to the state either. So this was my first visit to the state in 2016, where I had no family, siblings, friends, or connections in the United States. So actually, at that time, my decision to come to the state seemed unreasonable or thoughtless at the time because I did not have a secure supporters or resources in Korea to restart another degree at TCU and feed my family without a job. Which means as an international student, I cannot work outside of the campus. I can only work inside a campus 20 hours per week. Wow. So it's not enough for the feeding the families. So in a, and also I, I actually, just to be transparent, I feel like I stood at a beginning point again as I went back to school again without a job, as I restarted my origination track in the disciple churches, which I did it. So those things sometimes led me to be confused 
frustrated or regretful sometimes. But at the same time, it opened my eyes to see things differently and see my limitation as worthy. So, mm-hmm. uh, and also actually no one guarantee about the job position after right. graduation. So it was risky, too risky sometimes. But graciously, I got this job one year ago with my graduation. And I was called to be a pastor at Stephenville. As a solo pastor, I sometimes feel too much sometimes to handle everything by myself, but I'm still grateful and thankful. And then how I came, come to these disabled churches, those are my personal background stories. And also last, not last July, this July, I just celebrated my first anniversary of ministry in FCC of Stephenville. It was not easy actually, because it's my first time to live in this small town in time my life. And also sometimes uh, I didn't expect to receive the questions just when I stood in line in McDonald's, such as, hey, where I've come from, where I come from. I mean, I always love to share my stories, but I didn't expect to receive that question when I stood in line in McDonald's because those questions actually has a premise that I'm a stranger or alien here. And also sometimes I could have ignored those who made a teasing honk sometimes with screaming when I went jogging. Mm -hmm. And also sometimes my family and I sometimes may have been frustrated with some people who staring us up and down at the restaurant or grocery store still. But nevertheless, I'm still enjoying my journey in Western Texas by learning and relearning what it means to embrace and honor differences, including culture, tradition, theological view, political view, those kind of things. I'm still learning and relearning what it means to be a real Texan as an Asian guy. How has uh, how has the COVID impacted your ministry? Uh, are, is your congregation regathered now on Sundays? Or are you all still being oh, in a different way? It was tough decision for us because we also have two different opinions actually in our congregation. One group wanted to come back to the church to have on-site service. And the other girl wants us to stay at home. So the board and I, we made a decision to give them a choice whether they want to come or not. So since in June, we have a both ways. Actually, on Sunday, we have a on-site service, but strongly encourage the congregation to stay at home and to join us, the live stream on Facebook. That's how we struggled and how we handle these situations. Has that made it, uh, I don't know if this is a fair question or not, but um, being a first generation 
South Korean serving in Stevensville because uh, has the pandemic, the issues created more problems for you or eliminated some other concerns that you're not out and about as much? I don't, I'm not sure that's a fair question, but I'm just oh, curious. I'm just probably, I, I'm not sure whether this may be the answer or not, but very interesting comparison to me, having a comparison between here and my country, South Korea. The reason actually I'm still interesting, is it is interesting to me why people still arguing over one another, whether they may wear the mask or not. Right. Because in Korea, it's, I perhaps I might already accustomed to do something by government, I guess, because that's why I just served the military service for two years as a mandatory things, like wear the mask mandatory. So actually in Korea, as you probably know that many media and newspaper or, or expert also says South Korea, they have been doing very good. I mean, making the flat curve and then they doing great, which means including they, of course, all wearing the mask is a mandatory, is accepted. And then having a social distancing is accepted. But actually here in Stephenville, which is small Western Texan city, I'm still noticing the people who doesn't like, do, do not like wearing the mask in public. That makes me sometimes worry about that. But yeah, that's interesting, interesting comparison for me to mm-hmm. see the different, I mean, seeing these things differently. So, yeah. well, I can say that, you know, Kentucky, where I live, is the same way. You know, we have uh, uh-huh. people who refuse to wear the mask, even though in Kentucky, everyone has been um, ordered, you know, to uh-huh. uh, wear uh-huh. a mask, whatever that means. And you can still go to the grocery store or, you know, to one of the uh, box stores, a Lowe's or someplace, and you'll see some folks walking around without masks. But, you know, I would say 95% of the people easily are, which is, uh, step up and it's a and it's an interesting thing um i've been intrigued by uh by this by this by how uh, by the way that people interpret uh the concept of freedom Mm -hmm. differently Uh, alex and i've talked a little bit about this but you know there are the people who don't wear a mask say that freedom means you can't tell me what to do Mm-hmm. Where the truth is, you know, freedom defined by democracy is, is that, you know, your freedom ends when it begins to encroach upon my freedom. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I grew up understanding that that's the way democracy uh, or liberty is defined, is that I, you know, uh, that's why we have laws for highways and all kinds of other laws to govern behavior, because mm-hmm. we have to create a balance where everyone is given theoretically the same opportunities and, you know, and, and the same kind of governance. We all know mm-hmm. that's not true. But, uh, and so, again, that I pre- appreciate your sharing the South Korean reality with what you're experiencing in, you know, in mm-hmm. the United States. And, uh, but clearly, the United States, it's, it's showing more and more of the, fra- of the fractures in our own sense of self as a, as a nation, mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. which is quite frightening in some ways. I mean, actually, those issues, I also have been 
chewing on these issues, actually, especially the last independence it's the weekend, actually. And then I shared with my congregation, real freedom might be impossible in our faith journey. And also real freedom may start with knowing our limitation, with knowing our flaw, knowing our failures, maybe the good start to be independent, which means sometimes I notice some people, hey, I have freedom. Like you mentioned, Greg, I have freedom not to wear the mask or the other side, I have freedom to wear the mask. But, but also it requires and demands us to have a responsibility and which means to know our big, I mean, my journey actually taught me that I always may be wrong. That that's that, yeah. I always may be wrong because since I started my journey from Korea to here, actually in Korean Christian community, they have multiple worship services during week, which is a common sense for them actually. And which means having two time service on Sunday, early morning service from Monday through Friday, Wednesday service, Friday night prayer time. That's the regular routine for the Korean Christian community. And then they're, they're where they came from. And then I, as a preacher's son, also accustomed to do it, just following that routine and that tradition. I respect that tradition, but I like tradition here in the U.S. right now. <laughs> <laughs> having one time service on Sunday. So what you mean, those are very just simple example, but that makes me, reminds me, hey, I might be wrong always. I mean, but many people here, I guess, in Southern area, I you still used to meet some people who had never been outside of the Texas. But they said, they probably assured that they only ride. Right. And then they, oh, I'm right. I'm independent. I have my, I have a right to make a right choice. But who knows which one is right? So, <laughs> so that's, yeah. Oh. That's one of the, it's really one of the great challenges. Uh, I've shared this with the little church I serve that, you know, one of the great challenges of ministry is trying to find that balance. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, it's not just a who's right and who's wrong or, or that we're both right and just different. Uh, it, it's, you know, I've got to be true to who I am. I've got to mm -hmm. be true to self. I've got to be true to my call to God. Uh, you know, God's call and claim upon my life. That, that as a pastor, that's what governs what I, the content of my proclamation. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and um, you know, it's, I find that that's, uh, it's getting harder and harder to do that because of the repercussions. There, you, you used to get grace around that. You know, congregations would just say, oh, that's just Greg. <laughs> mm. You know, they would take what they want and leave the rest of it behind and go on. And we'd all still love each other and, you know, and, uh, and go on about life. And 
and today it carries a different tone. Uh, you know, it's not so much that, oh, that's just Greg. It just is now we got to demonize Greg because he disagreed with us. And mm -hmm. um, trying to find as pastors where we, where we stay true to ourselves in authentically proclaiming gospel mm -hmm. in this kind of climate is, uh, is a real challenge. And I, I'm not quite sure that the people we serve understand fully understand the, the challenge that that represents to us and um, you know and again I'm just an old white guy and you know I don't I don't I don't carry you know um, I'm from South uh, you know I'm a first generation South Korean here that that carries different traditions and understandings trying to learn yeah. new ways new new customs mm -hmm. and traditions I don't carry that and so again I, I just imagine KJ that um, none of us fully comprehend just how significant those challenges are, you know, that you face in addition to what the rest of us face. Yeah. Mm. KJ, I'd be curious, tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit about um, your experiences of, if there are any, um, since we're talking about men's ministry, uh, what are your experiences of men's ministry in these two different contexts? Oh. Probably in Korean tradition, where I came from, the denomination where I came from, Korean Christian church is independent. They don't ordain elder, woman elder. They don't ordain woman clergy yet, which means... They still believe the only man can stand at the podium or can share the the Lord uh, can preside the Lord's table. That does not mean the man is the majority of the congregation in Korea, mm -hmm. but still here. I mean, as you we all know that this up church is ordain the woman clergy and woman elders and also actually the congregation where I'm serving here we have a woman leadership is more powerful than men's leadership and which means we have more women here that's why actually women elders wants to have men elders in our leadership team but still not easy one, I guess. Yeah. So I guess, I don't know, it's a different because of the culture difference or not. But here, what I noticed from my congregation here at Stephenville, the men's, they just still wants to see it backside and just want to, yeah, that's, they, they just want to, not active still. Gotcha. So, my experience is probably maybe unique here. Once the some bad shooting accident here, when shoot after the shooting act shooting accident here in southern area, our men's some men's they started to be active and they wants to do something for the church. So the board and I we made a decision to create a safety committee. And then some men's, 
some males, men's, they join and then they have their own committee members. And then they actually, before the pandemic season, they used to meet together and training together. So I know it's a hot topic and I'm still, those issues put me in dilemma actually, whether it is okay, I mean, eye for eye or those methods is still hot topic and hot issues. But on the flip side, what I noticed, huh, maybe the good chance for the men who used to sit backside, they wanted, they do something, they like it. So they just maybe it was that committee actually was a good chance for them to participate in the ministry. Yeah. I don't think you're describing anything that's unusual. I think that would be a common denominator among most, okay. uh, most uh -huh. churches. And, uh -huh. um, you know, men's, men's ministry has always been a very difficult challenge. And, you know, my 40 years of ministry, um, uh, when I started ministry, the men's ministry was on the way down. Because that's when mm -hmm. we began to see men, you know, with the emergence of women's leadership, is the men began to pull away. Instead of mm -hmm. figuring out how we serve together, the men just said, you know, it's your church, you can have it, I'm going to go do something else. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that occurred, was beginning at the beginning of my ministry all those years ago. And, mm -hmm. you know, we've never quite found the magic formula of how we begin to bring, mm -hmm. you know, the, uh, an authentic expression of the gospel back to men in ways that um, I think that help break down some of the macho stereotypes uh, mm -hmm. and uh, help us to help us to find again, our authentic way of being male and being Christian together mm -hmm. in our communities. And um, certainly that's been my agenda for many, many years now is trying to find how we do that. And um, uh, so again, I, I think, I think your church is very typical of most disciple churches and, uh, you know, where, okay. where you have active men, you do your best uh -huh. to nurture them and build on them. And hopefully some of the resources Alex and I've been working on, you know, will will have some benefit for people who, sure. have, you know, at least a starter group of men. That we can <laughs> uh -huh. It is, it's, it's a big challenge. There's no question. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think you're, it's, I've seen the same stuff here. Um, I hear the same stuff when we travel. Um, Greg and I, I'm sure, hear those same stories of, you know, um, not to denigrate this decision because I think it was a great decision to uh, include women in ministry. They've always been in ministry, but to do that formally. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, when that started happening, though, there was an unexpected um, pullback amongst many of the men of that era. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're still, we're still working our way through that. Um, might be, it might be the one example or differences from here and Korea. In Korean churches, they usually have a kind of sports club inside a church. Okay. Which may be the good chance to bring the men to the church. So they used to play soccer and the other sports to our kind of providing some space to get together. Yeah. 
So some, some folks, some groups wants to go to mountain, the hiking a mountain, hiking team, soccer team, or ping pong table or tennis, those kind of things. So big, big mega churches in Korea, they usually have that activity inside a church. And then I don't know whether the, we have it here or not. Probably mega churches, some mega churches, they have it, I guess. There was a time when, um, and I'm not sure that is still happening, but, you know, softball leagues and mm -hmm. things, things that older men could actually participate in, you know, without mm -hmm. getting hurt, golf leagues or fishing or, you mm -hmm. know, I, mean, I think that's true. And I don't, this is a, this is a speculation on my part, but, you know, I don't know if you ever heard of the Promise Keepers men's movement, uh, KJ, it was popular, mm -hmm. you know, 20 years ago here in the United States. Okay. Started, started by a, a retired football coach, a uh, college football coach. And, uh, and, you know, what really happened is they sort of gave the whole sports metaphor a bad name. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they wrapped everything that they were doing in, in a sports or military metaphor. You know, mm -hmm. so the guy's image was that of athlete or, you know, the strong, you know, the strong man person. And uh, really based it on a hierarchical model of male and then female, you know, and uh, and I I really kind of believe that that's uh, you know the more progressive-minded uh, pastors and churches like we like we're part of really kind of found it a challenge to embrace the sport metaphor after that because it was hard for men to discern that there was a different way to to embrace that than what promise keepers offered. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, now Promise Keepers touched a lot of men's lives. I'm not, I'm not saying it didn't. It made a difference to a lot of people, a lot of men I know. It, it made a significant difference in their lives. Uh, but by and large, you know, they just, they, they kind of took the, the, that whole image of, you know, that whole opportunity to engage together as men in a direction that wasn't comfortable for most disciples. And uh, again, I'm speculating on that. I, I could be dead wrong, but it sure seemed like it from where I sit that all of a sudden, all of our, all of our kind of church activities like that began to shift and uh, disappear. Mm. Uh, again, uh, you may have a different take on that, Alex. I don't know. Uh, no, I think you're, I think you resonates with me as well. Uh, KJ, tell us a little bit about uh, for what you know, uh, obviously, your your experience is uniquely yours, but uh, uh, what um, what do you think would really help um, men of all types? You know, men of of all backgrounds um, in the church today. What what are some things that would be helpful for us as as leaders and disciples, men as as participants in this ministry uh, to know? As we've got about three and a half or so minutes, so. Thanks for asking that question. I, whenever I share, have an opportunity like this, share my story. Actually, I encourage the people to know more about beyond how are you, which means it didn't take a long time. It was kind of customary greeting. How are you? And then they expected the same answer, same respond, responses from others. Hey, how are you, KJ? I'm good, I'm fine. But every people have their own burden, have their own wounds, have their own experiences. They probably just 
that's why we I encourage the people and my congregation whenever I have a chance to share my stories as a first generation immigrant here. It's hard to meet someone who really wants wants to know my story. Sit with me and to ask about how I am really doing right now. Because I'll Actually, I was when I was a seminarian. It was tough, of course, financially, economically, socially, whatever. But it was it's hard and difficult to meet someone. Hey, KJ, are you really okay? Is there anything I can do for you? Are you really okay? Is there I can help you? Or so to know more about the beyond. How are you? So that's one I want to share. And then probably the church may need to ask those questions when we reach out to the people outside of the church. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That's extremely helpful. Really helpful. Mm -hmm. Alex, I see your time's kind of windling, windling down, dwindling down here. You want to put our final wrap on this? I will. Uh, KJ, I do want to definitely say thank you for, for joining us and sharing some of your yeah. story. Um, You're more than welcome. I, I, Thank you. I, and I look forward to uh, our continued work together on uh, uh, the General Conference of Disciples Men. Uh, your voice is is very valuable on that group, Absolutely. I know, um, and so I do definitely appreciate it. Uh, briefly, we'll say that we've heard that before. We've heard that uh, the importance of listening um, mm -hmm. before, and so that's going to. Uh, that's going to stick with Greg and I, and uh, I, I look forward to exploring some of what that looks like in the future. So sure. thank you again for your time today, KJ. Thank you, uh -huh, KJ. Appreciate God that. Bless. Thanks for having me. Thank you yeah. so much. Well, Alex, I'm really thankful that we had the time with KJ. Uh, he's a great guy and um, uh, appreciate his, his sharing his story with us. One of the things that I thought would be important for us to kind of spend a few minutes discussing was his challenge to us of, uh, to do more than how are you and yeah. expecting the standard answer. We have, as you said, heard that before. Yeah. And I do think it's becoming a, uh, a theme that we as disciples men need to pay particular attention to as we, you know, we have in the works uh, an opportunity to begin working with our racial ethnic partners and developing something that's more inclusive, you know, in our ministries, uh, you know, in our, our programming for disciple men. And uh, I just, I just wanted to put a, an exclamation point on uh, KJ challenging us in that way. It does seem, it does seem like in the, in a time where you know the coronavirus is pushing us all into our isolation booths, uh, finding ways for us to come out and not just talk but truly listen to one another, get to know each other. You know, uh, you know, to kind of walk uh, in each other's moccasins for a while, using that old Native American phrase. And um, I just, I just wanted us to make sure that those who are listening to us today know we heard that loud and clear, and that is part and parcel of our understanding of who we need to be moving forward uh, through disciple men. Yeah, I, I. Uh... I think it is vital that we um, take our time, that we pay attention to 
other voices that have not been centered uh, in the past. That we that that's going to be um, it needs to be foundational uh, in 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 the work that we do together. Uh, it is making sure that um, our first posture is one of listening and receiving. That's correct. You know, um, especially I'll speak for me, you know, I do come across sometimes as having, you know, too many answers when it comes to men's ministry and I'm aware of that. But the truth is in the time in which we live, you know, so much is speculation, so much is a best guess, you know, you roll the dice and hope for a good number, you know, uh, that in what you're trying to do for a good outcome. And, um, and one of the things that we have to pay particular attention to is that our voices are minor parts of the whole, of the whole piece when it comes to disciple men. And so, you know, again, for those who are listening to us today, I just want to make sure that we don't leave our time today um, without having to, again, to strongly emphasize, we get that. We know that this needs to be a part of who we are. And it's a plea to all of the disciple men who we work with to get it to. We've got to join forces and begin to create a different way of being you know, men and men leaders in congregations in partnership with the women in our congregations, you know, that embraces the full, beautiful diversity of who we are as disciples of Christ. And in a time, in a time when fear is running wild and it's being stoked by political leaders, the Church of Jesus Christ should be coming together to promote, you know, the beloved community that Raymond Brown talked about in, you know, in his book and in his writings uh, years ago. We are the beloved community, emphasis on community. We are the beloved of God, but we're also the beloved of God in community. Yes. And community, community for us is more than just old white guys who have nothing better to do than to show up at the programs we offer. And so, you know, it's, it's time where we get young voices and middle-aged voices and people of color voices and everybody around the table to get to know each other, to learn each other, to understand what it means to try to be a male in this kind of Christian male in this kind of culture. And, you know, hearing KJ's story just reminds us again, you and I are so privileged. Yes. We have significant challenges in what we do, but we are so privileged because there's so much of that we don't have to contend with. Yeah. And KJ, as you and I both know, is a beautiful man. Oh yeah. Extraordinary pastor. He's a deep spirited Christian, you know, and they just don't come better. And, you know, to make sure that we have an opportunity to get, um, you know, KJ and voices like KJ's in every one of these conversations is so important. And again, I don't mean to dominate our time here, but this is, this is such a critical understanding it is. of who we are as disciples, men. And, uh, you know, we've been trying to demonstrate that through our podcasts uh, by having, you know, uh, as many different voices uh, come and talk with us as we can. And so again, I just didn't want to end our time with KJ today without making it clear that we have disciples, men got to get an attitude adjustment here and begin to embrace an entirely different way of understanding who we are or none of us survive. Right. I mean, that's the bottom line. None of us survive if we can't figure out how we do it together. Exactly. Greg, uh, thank you again. Uh, you're spot on. Um, I, it never ceases to 
to warm my heart when we have these conversations. It's kind of like, well, Greg just said everything I was thinking, so I don't have to. <laughs> Not true, Alex. Uh, <laughs> it has been it has been fun. Uh, thank you again for your time today, um, and would I'd encourage anyone who's listening uh, to uh, as we work towards. Uh, creating this uh, curriculum that Greg and I have talked about sometimes. Um, I'd ask for your prayers for us, that we do that well and with intentionality. Um, and integrity. That, yes. And that's something that we haven't done, I don't, at least we haven't done it enough, whether we've done it at all, um, is, is to ask for um, your thoughtful and, um, and intentional prayers for us um, as leaders. And as things come up, if something pops into your head, I'm a firm believer that if something pops into your head and you think that, oh, Greg or Alex needs to hear that, shoot one of us an email. Um, shoot both of us an email. Uh, message us on Facebook or whatever. Let us know because we really do want to hear um, what's going on. Be listening for God's spirit in and through um, you as well. So that's well stated, Alex. And I, I just want to also remind folks, and I'm not sure we've done this before, but we're not developing program. Right. We're developing process. Right. And, you know, we're not developing a program to occupy men for an hour, hour and a half a week. That's not our t intent. What we're trying to do is creating a, create a process by which we deepen our relationship with God and one another through, you know, God's love revealed to us in Jesus Christ. And so, you know, it's, this is this is a journey we're inviting men on. We're not, again, we're not trying to fill some void uh, on the church calendar. Uh, right. And so, uh, please, please understand that's uh, that we're inviting you on a on a journey that deepens self and one's relationship with God and those around you, and and not just a, another program that you can you know check the check the box and say I did that one and go on. So, just right. wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, perfect. Well, Greg, thank you again for your time today and look forward Thanks, to talking Alex. to you again soon. All right, man. Thank you. Have a All good right, day. Thank you. Our special thanks to our good friend, the Reverend Dr. Dean Phelps, for providing the special music of this podcast. You can discover more of Dean's music at deanphelpsmusic.com. And you can learn more about the ministry of Disciples Men on Facebook and through DisciplesHomeMissions.org.